Section 31 of Mark Twain in the New York Times, Part 1, 1867 to 1879. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain in the New York Times, Part 1, Section 31, November 26, 1879. How His Time is Wasted. Read by John Greenman. How His Time is Wasted. Shooting in the Dark. Mark Twain misapprehends a post-office regulation and fails to make a hit. To the editor of the Hartford Current. Sir, the new postal regulation adds quite perceptibly to my daily burden of work. Needlessly, too, as I think. A day or two ago I made a note of the addresses which I had put upon letters that day and then ciphered up to see how many words the additional particularities of the new ruling had cost me. It was seventy-two. That amounts to just a page of my manuscript exactly. If it were stuff that a magazine would enjoy, I could sell it and gradually get rich as time rolled on. As it isn't, I lose the time and the ink. I don't get a cent for it. The government grows no wealthier. I grow poorer. Nobody in the world is benefited. Seventy-two words, utterly wasted. And, mind you, when a man is paid by the word, at least by the page, which is the same thing, this sort of thing hurts. Here are one or two specimens from those addresses with the unnecessary additions in italics. Editor, Atlantic Monthly. Care, Messrs. Houghton, Osgood & Company, Winthrop Square, Boston, Massachusetts. Nine words wasted. I used to use only the first line and the word Boston, and until the letter carriers lose their minds, the additional nine words can never become necessary. Messrs. Arnold, Constable and Company, Corps, 19th and Broadway, New York, New York. Six unnecessary words. Gilsey House, Corps, 29th and Broadway, New York, New York. Six unnecessary words. Even the dead people in Boston and New York could tell a letter carrier how to find these prominent houses. That same day I wrote a letter to a friend at the Windsor Hotel, New York. Surely that house is prominent enough, ain't it? But I could not precisely name the side streets. Neither did I know the name of the back street, nor the head cook's name. So that letter would have gone to the dead letter office sure, if I hadn't covered it all over with an appeal to Mr. James to take it under his personal official protection and let it go to that man at the Windsor just this once, and I would not offend any more. Now you know yourself that there is no need of an official decree to compel a man to make a letter address full and elaborate where it is at all necessary for the writer is more anxious that his letter shall go through than the postmaster-general can be. 
and when the writer cannot supply those minute details from lack of knowledge the decree cannot help him in the least so what is the use of the decree as for those common mistakes the misdirecting of letters the leaving off the country the state etc do you think an official decree can do away with that you know yourself that heedless absent-minded people are bound to make those mistakes and that no decree can knock the disposition out of them observe this i have been ciphering and i know the following facts are correct the new law will compel eighteen thousand great mercantile houses to employ three extra correspondents at one thousand dollars a year fifty-four thousand dollars smaller establishments in proportion it will compel thirty million of our people to write a daily average of ten extra words apiece three hundred million unnecessary words most of these people are slow the average will be half a minute consumed on each ten words fifteen million minutes of this nation's time fooled away every day say two hundred and forty seven thousand four hundred hours which amounts to about twenty five thousand working days of ten hours each this makes eighty-two years of three hundred working days each counting out sundays and sickness eighty-two years of this nation's time wholly thrown away every day value of the average man's time say one thousand dollars a year now do you see eighty-two thousand dollars thrown away daily in round numbers twenty-five million dollars yearly in ten years two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a million years but i have not the nerve to go on you can see yourself what we are coming to if this law continues in force there will not be money enough in this country by and by to pay for its obituary and you mark my words it will need one now we come to the ink no uh, let us forbear and fancy i already see the fleets of the world sailing in it isn't it odd that we should take a spasm every now and then and go spinning back into the dark ages once more after having put in a world of time and money and work toiling up into the high lights of modern progress for many years it has been england's boast that her postal system is so admirable that you can't so cripple the direction of a letter that the post office department won't manage some way to find the person the missive is intended for we could say that too once but we have retired a hundred years within the last two months and now it is our boast that only the brightest and thoughtfulest and knowingest men's letters will ever be permitted to reach their destinations and that those of the mighty majority of the american people the heedless 
the unthinking, the illiterate, will be rudely shot by the shortest route to the dead-letter office and destruction. It seems to me that this new decree is very decidedly un-American. Mark Twain, Hartford, November 22nd. End of section 31, November 26, 1879. How his time is wasted. Read by John Greenman.